Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Innovators Podcast. Here on this episode, we get to interview Shane Roethlisberger. Shane is the founder of a company called VersaLifts. If you haven't heard of VersaLifts before, I'll give you the little snippet from their website. So VersaLifts are heel lift inserts made to be worn in training shoes to optimize squat movement patterns and are widely used in the fields of strength and conditioning, sports medicine, and functional fitness. That's kind of the the brief one-liner. If you want to check it out before you listen to the rest of the episode, their website is vlifts.com, V-L-I-F-T-S.com. Check them out and uh, give it a look. That way you can kind of understand what Shane's talking about on this podcast. But it was just a super fun conversation. Talked about the origin of the idea, um, you know, how the, the company has kind of really exploded just in the last few years. Um, and just a super great conversation with Shane. What a fun guy to talk to. Uh, Shane, thanks for being on this episode of the podcast, and I hope everyone enjoys. Shane, thank you again for being here with us today on the Innovators Podcast. Uh, just wanted to talk to you a little bit about your company, VersaLifts, uh, the idea behind it, um, how it came about. But if maybe we could just start off, give the listeners a little bit of your background. Um, where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to school? Um, talk a little bit about that before we kick off. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here, Matt. So I am a Iowa boy, true and through. I'm born and raised in Iowa. I've lived in Iowa for all but uh, nine months out of my life. Um, my wife and I, um, we've been married for uh, closing in on 17 years, and uh, we've lived here in Ames for 10. Uh, we have um, a lot of children. <laughs> so we How have, many? Um, we have, we have seven, uh, soon to be nine. So wow. uh, no, we're not having twins. We have, uh, we actually currently have five biological children and two adopted. We're towards the tail end of another adoption. And then we uh, just found out we're uh, we're expecting another, which was not in the plan. This was a little bit of a of a surprise to both of us. So, um, so anyway, so that, that'll be that'll be nine kiddos. So nine so kids. It's, wow. it's a big. You must be busy. It's a big crew. We are very very busy. It's wow. a lively household. That's amazing. Um, yeah, but I'm I'm actually a, a, a pastor by um, my primary vocation, and that's a little a little part of the story that we'll we'll save for later. But uh, um, yeah, I, I graduated from uh, my undergrad is in um, is in financial management. I did an associate degree in business administration, financial services from a business school in Des Moines. Did my undergrad at Upper Iowa University. Uh, my wife graduated from. Iowa State University here, and um, and then I have a master's in theological studies from uh, Midwestern in Kansas City. Very cool. Very good. Why don't we just get right into it? Talk about talk about your company, VersaLifts. Uh, why don't we start way back at the beginning? Where did the idea come from? Um, and then we can go from there. Actually, before we even start, tell people what VersaLifts are. Okay. For anybody listening <laughs> that isn't familiar with... Uh, yeah. With the subject, yeah. So, so VersaLifts, our primary product is a heel lift insert that goes in your shoe. Kind of particularly in the like functional fitness market, where uh, my wife and I are both uh, hobby CrossFitters. We drank that Kool Aid, and uh, and so it, that's the, the kind of the, the market where it was uh, born from. And uh, no, I did not grow up with any sort of you know lofty aspirations of manufacturing shoe inserts. <laughs> so, uh, it's a, it's a wild story, but, uh, 
but yeah, that's what it is. It's a it's a heel lift insert that's designed to help um, improve squat positioning. Uh, Interesting. So I have this. You you brought me a pair. Yeah. It's to give everybody kind of a a audio visual. It's a a oh what do you, what do you say three quarter inch heel at the top and then it tapers down to where the maybe the center of your foot would be. Yep. And you've just got this kind of hard rubber, so it, it's got some give to it, so it wouldn't be like stepping on a rock. Yep. But it's firm enough that it's not going to be, you know, stepping on a pillow either. Yep, yep, All right. exactly. So how does, exactly. That, how does that improve yeah. squat form? Talk about yep. that. So one of the most significant limitations to proper uh, squat positioning as well as range of motion, so reaching proper depth in order to optimize the benefits of that particular exercise, um, is limited ankle mobility or limited ankle dorsiflexion. And so that that is very common among athletes. For me, it was particularly exacerbated by um, an old ankle injury uh, it, that I'd suffered in football in high school that um, kind of compromised mo- my mobility in my right ankle. And only once we kind of started exploring the idea of launching the the business that I discovered that it's a very common uh, mobility issue. So by slightly elevating the heel, that compensates for that that limited mobility, allows the athlete to attain better position as well as um, more optimal range of motion in the squat. Gotcha. I think I would definitely be one of those people that suffers from <laughs> a little bit of low ankle mobility. Um, yeah. My overall mobility is not ideal, but yeah, yeah. my ankle ability, uh, ankle mobility is especially bad. So mm-hmm. I will definitely have to give these a try. I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to experimenting with them, but yeah. you know, now that we've kind of got the, the high level view and we'll, we'll put links in the description so everybody can go check it out online and, you know, get an actual visual and get a better idea, but talk a little bit about where did the idea come from? Where did um, you know, what was, what was the beginning process? What, what, how did this transform into what it is today? Yeah. So really it was, it's kind of a classic right place at the right time with the right set of lenses story. So, um, rewind to 2015, my wife and I were, um, had launched out on this, uh, adoption journey. We were, um, trying to bring two little kiddo, little orphans home from central Africa and, um, you know, my wife has uh, just a, she's an incredibly ca- compassionate woman and has a, a strong motherly instinct. I am, uh, have that more pr- provider, protector, business minded, uh, uh, you know, personality. And so, um, she, she wanted to bring the kids home. I'm like looking at the extreme, you know, cost associated with this and just thinking, wow, if this is where the Lord is leading us, uh, I need to generate some additional revenue for our house. So literally I was, um, uh, my faith is a big part of our, our story. And so, uh, was praying, uh, for, uh, provision, you know, in this and happened to be, uh, walking into my church one day and just into my office and, uh, a couple other, uh, coworkers of mine were walking out and they were on their way to tour a little factory in Roland, Iowa, just 20 miles North of, um, of Ames here, uh, because we had a member of our church who's a generous man and who um, had started a company decades ago uh, that was, uh, they manufactured adjustable heel lift inserts designed to treat leg length dis- discrepancies. Mm-hmm. Um, and largely in like a, 
you know, uh, uh, kind of the chiropractic field. And um, so I, they invited me to, to come along and tour his factory. And uh, it, it was kind of the last thing I wanted to do <laughs> on that day. But uh, I was like, yep, sure, I'll, I'll jump in. And so jumped in and the, the factory was cool, had some really cool equipment, got to see some of the behind the scenes on that. But I immediately just started looking at his, his product. And I thought of this problem that I had in CrossFit where um, particularly on what are called pistol squats or single legged squats, I could um, do those fine on my left leg, but on my right leg, I couldn't hit full depth without my heel coming up off the ground. It's because of that limited ankle mobility. And as soon as you lift that heel up off the ground, you start to compromise your stability and your power output that's generated from driving through the heel. And uh, I started looking at it. I was like, man, I, I feel like these things could solve that that problem. And so asked him for some samples to test out. Got him immediately fell in love with those. I was like, oh, this is fantastic. Um, so try those out. It, as soon as I started falling in love with them, though, I started thinking, man, maybe maybe there's some other people that might have a, a similar problem to me who could benefit from these. And so I kind of started sharing the idea with some friends. And they were like, wow, this is actually pretty cool here so um so then i i ended up going back to uh to the manufacturer and uh tried to kind of cast a vision from i didn't have any capital i don't have any money i don't have any time really like in order to to uh, bring a business into fruition and so i um i started pitching the idea to him just to see hey is there any way that we could partner where i could you know i could um, help basically get this product into a new market and the new function for it because um, it really was it was it was it was not only a new market but it was also a new function it was taking an existing product but using it for a purpose that it wasn't actually created for mm-hmm. and uh, sh- struggled to to get him to um, to kind of buy into the idea and so then eventually I just said well what if what if you just treated me like one of your distributors? Could I have the freedom to private label these? Um, and he said, absolutely. And so, uh, yeah. so when, how similar are the VersaLifts to what he was manufacturing to begin with? Well, the way that we started out, it, that was the product. So he, they manufactured and we just okay. bought wholesale from them and we put our logo on it and oh. we marketed to, you know, he, he was marketing, uh, to treat an infirmity in a largely geriatric you know, customer base. I, I wanted to take the same product and use it to enhance athletic performance among like some of the fittest people in, in the world. And uh, so I just knew that had to be, there had to be a, you know, a, a clear disparity between the marketing strategies there. Just a little bit. Yep. So, so he ended up blessing that I secured a little bit of capital from, from my dad, uh, pitched the idea from him and, and uh, we got our first batch of inventory then. So, um, yeah, so it was several years into it before we introduced the, the new model that you, that you have there. Gotcha. Very cool. So what, uh, how, how fast did it take off? I mean, were you, were you just reaching this, this gold mine of of demand (laughs) right away or did it take some time to kind of pick up on traction? Yeah. Yeah. Not so much. So, um, as any, almost any entrepreneur can attest to, uh, you, um, you hit barrier after barrier after barrier. And the question is, can you, you know, persevere through those? And so, um, we, we did end up, um, the, the very first barrier that we ran into is I, the day I come that literally the day I went into that, um, the factory and I came up with the idea. I thought, 
the name of this product is going to be cross lifts. And I went home and I bought the domain name <laughs> and I was like, this is it. And I, we, I started working with a designer to come up with a logo and figuring out how we could get that logo applied to the, to the lift. And, um, so it was cross lifts and we ended up, I got a whole batch of inventory. I used that startup capital to get it going. It's all branded that way. All of our packaging, all of our website, everything. And then um, I was in the process of trying to apply for a trademark on that name. And uh, the, the name was available, uh, it hadn't been trademarked, but um, I noticed in the process that four years earlier, the company Innovate, which is a, you know, a shoe uh, manufacturing company, uh, had applied for a trademark for the name Cross Lift, and they ultimately abandoned the, the trademark. So I had my trademarking attorney look into that, and he said, well, that's because they got sued by CrossFit headquarters for trademark infringement. And I knew at that moment, my, I mean, my heart just sank. And I didn't know anything about trademarking yeah. laws or, you know, trademark infringement, <clears throat> nothing like that. So CrossFit uh, HQ is not very nice with their <laughs> name, are they? they? They were pretty militant about protecting, yeah. uh, protecting their trademark. Uh, and, and so, so that was a, a first real big barrier. So before we had even, you know, officially launched the product, I had to essentially flush a bunch oh. of inventory and, uh, um, yeah, so, so we, I came up with the idea in fall of 2015, and to answer your question, we sold the first pair in June of 2016. And then my wife and I went to Africa to bring our, our two children home. And, uh, or no, it was, it was actually to visit them. It was to visit them. And then, uh, and so we put the business on pause, on pause. We sold one pair, put the business on pause for basically the entire month of July, came back in August. And, uh, and then started again. And I think we sold maybe, oh, I don't know, 15 pairs the first month and then 30 pairs the next month and then 60 pairs. And it just kind of took off from there. And, uh, by the end of 2017, um, you know, we had sold, we had sold thousands of pairs in, in probably 20 to 30 countries worldwide and every state in the U S and, um, and yeah, that was how we, how we got going. That's amazing. That's awesome. How many, how many pairs are you averaging, uh, kind of monthly right now? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I'd have to ask my, my sales and marketing director, but I think, I think we're, we're probably around, um, between 500 and a thousand pairs, uh, a month. Oh, so, very cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Where did, I guess, you know, you, you mentioned a couple of, of hiccups along the way and, you know, that's bound to happen, of course, with anything. What, what are some things that, you know, ha have you, have you continued to evolve and kind of respond to, uh, consumer wishes as you've progressed or has it been, you're kind of sticking to your core product? I know you mentioned you switched up the design. This is the V2, correct? Mm -hmm. And then, so when, when did you switch over to V2 and what, what other changes have there been along the way? Yeah. So we, um, so we really got the business going for the first couple of years, uh, using that original product. And, um, we, we ended up going to the CrossFit games, which is kind of like the Super Bowl of the CrossFit world as a, as a vendor in 2017 and 2018. And, um, we were coming home from, 
the 2017 games, I had a guy on my team, he's a graduate from Iowa State, an engineer, you know, and, and he, he was just looking at our product and he said, Where, where's this company going to go? And he said, have you ever thought about creating a, like a version two of the product? Like, what would you change about it? Because again, we were, we were using, we were repurposing an existing product. And, and I said, oh, I would definitely make changes to it, but I don't know, I don't know how to do it. I don't know the first thing about manufacturing and that sort of thing. And so I did end up going and talking to the, to our manufacturer and kind of pitched, pitched the idea. The, the, the problem was, um, they, they knew their product very well. They knew their market very well, still didn't really understand what we were doing and we weren't selling enough, you know, for, for that to like get them to disrupt any of their, their systems or anything like that. And so just said, Hey, we're not interested in making any modifications to this. So, um, so then that's when I, kind of started going to the drawing board and um i, I actually had a, an intern here from iowa state in industrial design and so uh, he was helping me out kind of think through the design and we ended up finding a company in um uh, kind of the larger denver colorado area who uh, they were an injection molding company who um they're like one of their sweet spots. There's there's lots of injection molding companies in in Iowa, but the nor, kind of the normal pattern is you have a completed design. You come to them, say, hey, give me a bid on the tooling and um, you know uh, x number of units per year. You know, and and the price breaks per quantity orders. And um, but I didn't have a design. I didn't have like a, a finished product. And so I needed to find a company who would say, Hey, we'll help bring your idea to fruition. We'll have our designers work with you. And that's what we found in this company out in, um, in Colorado. And so they were fantastic to work with. We ended up, um, finalizing our, um, our model and, you know, went through 3d printed prototypes and, uh, even had some of those printed here at Iowa State, and um, and then uh, let's see, and then we launched the what was called the V2, um, which was both an upgrade for us as well as something that kind of significantly simplified our manufacturing processes and our labor inputs. In it would have been in March of 2019. And that was that was the complete game changer for us. Uh, that made us scalable and um, like significantly scalable, as well as uh, cut um, cut some of our costs, but improve the product in such a way that we could actually uh, increase the price a bit. And so our margins grew, uh, as well as um, our labor inputs were cut significantly, and the consistency of the product um, improved quite a bit. Interesting. So are you, um, at this point now, are you kind of the, the one man show or what, what do you have for staff? What do you yeah, do for your marketing? I, I, I was great. checking out your website. It's a beautiful website. It looks yeah. great. What do you, what do you do for that? Yeah. So it's, it's a little bit of the anti entrepreneurial story in that sense. And that, you know, so many entrepreneurial stories are somebody's working full time. We got their job. They come up with the idea. They, 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 they start, you know, nurturing that idea. And then at some point they got to make the jump from their previous vocation to this new endeavor. And that's the big, scary entrepreneurial jump. 
for me, that's never been an option. I, I believe I have a, a personal calling on um, my pastoral ministry. I love being a pastor. I love the church that I get to be a part of and the team that I get to serve on and the people I get to be with. And so I'm not, I'm not going to give that up. That's, that's my, my primary calling. And, and as well as being a, a husband and a father to, to seven, soon to be nine. And so, um, so for me, from the beginning, it was, hey, I've got an idea. I think it's a good idea, but I can literally only give about five hours a week to it. In, in the early days, it was lots of late nights, lots mm-hmm. of, I mean, we, I put a ton of work into it, but eventually once I got it, got it going, it was like, I've got about five hours a week to put into it. Um, so, um, I currently have, um, a sales and marketing director that I hired, uh, almost exactly a year ago, right before the world shut down. Uh, and, and she's phenomenal. She kind of functions almost more like a CEO. She's like me for 50 hours a week. And I pour my five hours a week into her to help her, um, uh, you know, lead the business as best as possible. We have a graphic arts intern who's um, a student here at Iowa State. She's awesome. And then I get a, quite a bit of free labor from um, my wife and my two oldest kids who uh, help us. We still do uh, quite a bit of the shipping out of mm-hmm. our house. Uh, we, we have distributors all throughout the world, but, uh, um, but we still do quite a bit of shipping also at, right out of our house. And so um, my wife handles a lot of those shipments and my kids help me package and, uh, we'll throw a movie on and have packaging parties. And so, yeah, it's, <laughs> uh, cool. it's quite the deal. That's one pro of having seven kids, right? Exactly. I think exactly. we might need to get your wife on the podcast. I think it sounds like a lot of innovation required to, to take care of that many kids. <laughs> she, she's a, uh, she's amazing. Let me just put it that That's way. Awesome. <laughs> yep. Yep. She's That's more awesome. competent than I am in most every way. <laughs> Very cool. That's awesome. What, what is your, uh, your biggest kind of distribution channel is it that direct like coming through your website and your direct mailing or where where else do you distribute are, are you on other websites uh, in, in any stores or anything like that yeah so we used to be that um the lion's share was through we probably did 90 percent of our sales through directly through our site like direct end to you know from us to mm-hmm. end to user um or to the end user um, in 20, when we launched the V2 in 2019, they'd been on the market for about a month and I got, a, an email from rogue fitness, uh, which is a big supplier. They approached you. They approached us. That's that awesome. was a big day. That's that was really a day cool. that felt like, Oh, I think, I think, I think our idea is a good that idea. Was the moment. That's awesome. <laughs> yep. So rogue fitness, when I, when I saw that in my email, you know, my heart leapt, the, uh, the, the non CrossFit, uh, <laughs> community listening might not realize how big of a deal that is uh but anybody that is in the fitness space the strength weightlifting space understands that that's that's a big time very, accomplishment for very sure. big deal and it, and it was cool because you know rogue not only did they they not have a product like that um like ours but they also you know they're they're big proponents of of american manufacturing they're they're big proponents of family values and um and so uh it was just a a great chemistry fit kind of right out out of the gate and so um so rogue is our largest distributor um we have a, a lot of gyms throughout um well throughout the country but also globally who uh just have little 
you know, they, they'll have like little shop stores or, you know, kind of desktop displays mm -hmm. of, of our products. And so we do a little bit through that. Um, and then we did in early 2020, we ended up testing the Amazon um, route. And so we got on Amazon and that's, um, that's been good for us also. Um, that uh, not only takes quite a bit of pressure off of my wife from the shipping standpoint, but uh, also uh, customer service and so um, as well as the exposure on that platform. And so we do fulfillment by Amazon. So we ship out to their fulfillment centers and then they uh, they sell on their site. So, yeah, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. what, what rough percentage are you looking at now between Rogue, Amazon and direct mail? Yeah, so it's it's probably um, it's probably about a third, a third, a third. Huh. Yeah, we probably we probably do a third through our site, third through Rogue, and a third through Amazon. Okay. With with other smaller distributors making up probably part of our third. So, yeah. Okay, so you've got the the one staff member who's kind of running the show. Then you've got two intern. Oh, sorry, one intern. One intern. One Correct. intern. One intern, and then a really competent wife and two uh, teenage children. Some great, some great informal staff. I, I grew up on a farm, so I know what you it's like it. to not be on the payroll. <laughs> you get it. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. I, I did buy them all really cool uh, sweatshirts, yeah. hooded sweatshirts. Those are uh, pretty for cool. For Christmas, and so they were, they were, they were excited because they felt like real team members. Employees. At that point. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's cool. So, so what's coming down the pipeline? What's the I think whenever we talk to entrepreneurs who have started their own business, it's always kind of what is the end goal? What is the yeah. what is the five year goal? What's the ten year goal? What do you where do you hope to be by the end of it? Yeah. What's what's that looking forward for Versalist? Uh, that's a great question, Matt. So um, I have said for quite some time that my my goal is to sell the business. Again, this isn't my primary calling. I, I have a, I realize I have an entrepreneurial itch and uh, this was a way to kind of scratch that itch a bit as well as, you know, meet a real problem that I have, uh, solve a problem that I have as well as, um, you know, address a problem that a lot of others have. But, um, but it's not, it's not my primary calling. And so I would love to sell the business. I would love to sell the business to, to, a, you know, a company like rogue or something like that. Eventually that would be the goal I've been, that's been my goal for a while. Um, however, having a team, uh, you know, around me, particularly, um, some of the hires we made this last year, uh, helped me see that it, it is, um, with the right people in place, it is more sustainable and more scalable long term than maybe I gave it credit for, and so so we'll see. Um, we did uh, just release two new products, um, so uh, it's called the version you have there is just called the the V2, the Versalist V2, and we just uh, a week ago launched the V2 Strength and the V2 Endurance. And it's the same same mold, so uh, looks the same, but one is with a with a a more rigid durometer, and one is with a more compressible durometer, a polymer. And so um, now, so what we're able to do with that is basically take take our product and fine tune it more specifically for the whatever the end user's application is of of it. So the more rigid polymer is. Uh, designed like specifically for weightlifting mm -hmm. and the Olympic lifts, 
power lifting, those sorts of things. Um, whereas the more compressible one would be more for like body weight movements or higher volume mm-hmm. of, um, like higher impact or plyometric movements. So box jumps, running, double unders, those sorts of You've things. You've got a wad with thrusters and running and, yeah. it, you know, thrusters in a 400 meter run, you're not going to be wanting to have, you know, hard exactly. heels. Okay. Exactly. Gotcha. Gotcha. It's, it's like, think, think of Murph. So Murph yeah. is a really well-known workout in the, the CrossFit and even beyond, you know, where you've got a mile run, you've got a hundred, uh, you got a hundred pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 air squats and another mile run. And so there's no heavy weights in there, but there's a high volume of squats. And so the heel lift will, the, the, this is for the endurance, the heel lift will, um, help your positioning, but then you've got two miles where they're running in there. And so you've got a little bit of a heel cushion uh, in there for that. In contrast with, if you were just going into the gym and you wanted to hit a, you know, one rep squat max, uh, or, a, a clean and jerk session, something like that snatch session. And so, um, that's what our V2 strength would be for. So it, what it did it kind of was it allowed us to start to, you know, almost create a, I, I, I compare it to like your golf bag. Okay. So our, our V2 is like a Swiss army knife. It could kind of do everything. But now that we, um, since we we consider ourselves innovators in, uh, in these heel lift accessories, we, we're like, well, we have a responsibility to fine tune the product for the application that it's being used for. Mm-hmm. And so, so now it's like we have a, a golf bag where you've got your, your putter, you know, and you've got your mid range wedge and then you've got a driver in there. Well, that's the, that's the V2. And so instead of your golf bag, it's in your gym bag. <laughs> gotcha. Very cool. All right. I gotta, <clears throat> I gotta ask this. Uh, so I, as I told you before, I am a, I'm a Metcon guy. Yeah. I've always worn Metcons, uh, <laughs> as long as I've been doing CrossFit, which isn't very long, but uh, I've had Metcons even before that, just, you know, for athletic training shoes. And let's see what, I don't remember what year it was, but I bought a pair of Metcons and they came with this little baggie on the side and <laughs> the hyperlift. they have a hyperlift <laughs> in there, which is a pretty similar product to what you have here. Yep. So I got to ask what came first, <laughs> where, who stepped on whose toes? Yeah. What's, yeah. what's that situation? Yeah, that's, that's great. We're in like major litigation with Nike. No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, no, so so uh, we came first uh, quite a bit before. Yeah. Um, we did. It was our second year at the CrossFit Games, so we were three years into business. Um, we had an athlete that we had worked with come to us and say, um, "Hey, just just a heads up, I I am aware that Nike is." produce like preparing to you know release a shoe that has an insert similar to yours and so that was in 20 that was in 2018 it was either 17 or 18 i don't remember but the 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 first edition the nike metcon 5 was the first one that came with the the hyperlift and that wasn't actually released until um like late and later in 2019 (laughs) it was it was late in 2019 they had been producing that 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 heel lift for Matt Frazier for several years. Really? Um, and that's where she had, she had kind of come become aware of it, but that was long before it hit the, the open market. So, um, so when I heard that, you know, as you can imagine, like we're this tiny little mom and pop operation and here comes, you know, the Goliath of <laughs> shoe, shoemaker, shoe accessories. And, uh, so my gut kind of dropped, uh, at that point, but 
we they didn't release it for two more years from the time that we had gotten word on it and so again one i just i'd kind of released our little business in a way that just say hey we're gonna we're gonna keep taking one step you know put one foot in front of the other and what it becomes it becomes what it does i'm going to try to make decisions in a way that i don't have regrets afterwards try not get us into any sort of financial situations it would be problematic if this thing doesn't ever take off but let's just keep seeing what happens fast forward nike releases the product and it actually ended up being a boost for us yeah because our reach like our market reach and and our ability to educate like like our product isn't intuitive the vast majority of the customers who need it have no idea they need it and so the onus is on us to educate but if you don't have a problem you don't know you have the problem Mm -hmm. Um, it's really hard for you to think I should spend 28 bucks plus shipping to get this little thing to solve a problem that I don't actually and you're just going to put something in your have. shoe exactly yeah. yep yep uh, and, and and so what Nike did when that came out was it, it provided major validation huh. and extensive education yeah. uh, in, in our market and the beauty of it is and I know I'm completely unbiased in this is that Ours was like significantly superior to their design. <laughs> um, I, 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 again, I know I'm, I'm, I'm clearly biased in that, but, um, but ours, ours was, uh, it's just a better, I, I believe, a better product. And so one of the really cool moments came uh, a few weeks after the release of the of the Madcon Five, and um, all of a sudden we we got a boost of orders, you know, my phone was, was buzzing. There were orders coming in and, and anytime that happens, I know somebody said some, somebody of significance said something somewhere on some platform, you know, that, that created a buzz. And, uh, and I saw we had been tagged in a, um, we had been tagged on an Instagram post and there was an athlete from, um, from Australia who'd had, I don't know, maybe 80 to a hundred thousand followers on Instagram. And um, she was like providing a review on the on the Metcon, and she, um, as she was going through it, she said, you know, she made a comment about they come with these little heel lift inserts, and she showed them, and then she said, but here are the inserts that I like to use that I think are better, and she h- holds up our our V two that was completely unsolicited. We I we had never sent her any any pairs of lifts and. And, but in that moment, you know, like a hundred thousand people said from this, you know, this athlete or saw, you know, from this athlete, oh, these are better than, than those. And so that was a, ended up being a pretty, a pretty cool moment for us. And, um, and so, yeah. And now that, you know, you know, Noble and Reebok have, um, claimed so much of the, of the market space and CrossFit, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm sure at some point they'll all come up with their own heel lift. So maybe, maybe not. Who knows? Well, it seems like maybe they're happy with third party doing our, our thing over here. Yeah. Well, it seems like you're doing something right. I, it's definitely uh, it's cool to see. And like you said, the I I never really thought about the, uh, thought about it that way. I I've been familiar with Versa Lifts for a, a few years, just mm-hmm. since joining the the CrossFit gym, and um, always just you know I I I just thought the Nike thing came first because that's what i knew yeah. um and so i was like oh they've got these different heel lifts that's interesting yeah um but you know that you came first and then not only 
not only did you come first, but it wasn't a detriment to the business at all. That's, yeah. that's really interesting. Yeah. I didn't think about that. It was, it was scary for, I'm sure. for a while. Well, like you already no had to deal with yeah. uh, the legal, the legal pr- prospects uh, of going against CrossFit yep. and then Nike comes along. I yep. mean, you had, yeah. you're kind of like David versus two Goliaths. Totally. For a little totally. Yeah. Fortunately, we're, we're a little enough guy that we can fly under the radar. Yep. <laughs> largely. <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. Well, Shane, uh, thank you for your time today. This has been really interesting to learn about and, um, Thank you for bringing me a pair of lists. I'm excited to try them out. Uh, but especially thanks for your time. Uh, look forward to, you know, hearing more about the Versalift story and keeping up with the business. Where can listeners find out more if they, they want to find the website or if they want to buy a pair? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the website is vlifts.com. Uh, so V is in Versalifts, vlifts.com. And uh, we're also out on Amazon if you search for Versalifts. Um, but yeah, our story and our products are out on our, out on our website and, yeah, Matt, it's, it's been a pleasure uh, being with you here today. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you in the gym tomorrow morning. <laughs> you bet.